Halifax, Halifax. Right, good. Uh, yes, uh, hello. Um, this is Halifax, Halifax, uh, a proper podcast about the local history of the town of Halifax in West Yorkshire. Uh, I am your host, Cuthbert Spittles. I'm a local man, uh, very local. I've lived here, man and boy. Uh, never lived anywhere else, never been anywhere else. Um, Halifax has kept me a prisoner since I was a bairn, and I've yet to escape. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's a lovely town. Now, you might be thinking, uh, who's this Cuthbert fella? What makes him so qualified to present a fancy podcast about a whole town? Well, well, well actually, mate, I am qualified. I don't have a, a PhD or anything, but I know loads about Halifax. I do lots of research at the library and online, and sometimes online at the library. I'm a patron of the local museums, and I, 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 I take regular walks around the many historical sites about town. I, I really like to walk among the ghosts of great men, and, and possibly women, and, and tread the very cobbled streets that someone did a murder on. Well, well, I hope that answers your questions. I am, I am qualified, and, and despite what Mother says, I do know what I'm on about, and I do know what I'm doing with my life. Anyway, uh, enough about me. Let's let's talk about the lovely town of Halifax. But before we do, uh, I've got some internet-based news to tell you about in a section I'm going to call Web Gubbins. So yes, uh, this is episode two of the podcast. The first episode went live on iTunes last week, which was very, very exciting. And, uh, and according to my SoundCloud page, uh, at the time of recording this right now, um, it's been listened to a whopping 35 times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, about six of those are probably me. But, but still, that's, that's a lot more than I was expecting. Uh, yeah, let's just give it a refresh now. Uh, no, it's still 35, but, but I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Um, also, uh, the podcast now has its own URL, which will take you straight away to the SoundCloud page. And, uh, and that address is http colon forward slash forward slash www.halifax-facts.online. Uh, there's also links on there to iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Uh, you can also give give the podcast a rating if you wanted to, if, if you wanted to give it five stars, if you wanted, I don't know. Uh, I've also got a, a link to the Twitter on there as well. I'm on, I'm on Twitter.com. I've uh, gone and done some tweets. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too happy because it wouldn't let me have an S on, on the end of the username. I'd, I'd, I'd ran out of characters and I didn't know a better way of doing it. So um, you can find me on there at https colon forward slash forward slash twitter.com forward slash Halifax Halifax without the S on the end or a hyphen, uh, which is a which is annoying me, to be honest. Oh, right, yes, and if, if you wanted to email me personally, 
to say how brilliant you think the podcast is or if you work at Squarespace and want to give me some money, you can email me on cuthbertspittles at aol.com. Right, now that's all sorted, let's introduce this week's topic. This week's topic! This week's topic is crime and also punishment. From Hell, Hull and Halifax, good Lord deliver us. This is an old Yorkshire saying which compares our lovely town to the depths of eternal suffering. It refers to Halifax's past reputation as a place of extreme punishment. But why? Well, I'm about to tell you, aren't I? The first recorded incident of Halifax authorities punishing a criminal by decapitation was in 1286, and after that they couldn't get enough of it. For nearly 400 years, Halifax was notorious for its use of the gibbet. The gibbet was like a guillotine, but we were using it centuries before the French pretended to invent it. We used it for chopping off the heads of anyone caught nicking wool or cloth from the town's burgeoning industry. (coughs) By the middle of the 16th century, if you were caught stealing, you would certainly have to face the dreaded gibbet. Executions would be held on a market day when town was at its busiest as a gruesome warning not to mess with Halifax or else. The law of the gibbet goes like thus. At Halifax, the law so sharp doth deal, that who saw more than thirteen pence doth steal. They have a gin, brackets engine, that wondrous quick and well, sends thieves all headless unto heaven or hell. The gibbet law also stated that if someone could withdraw their head as the blade fell and escape across Hebblebrook, they would be freed. And in 1617, one man did just that. John Lacey pulled his head out and ran off past the bloodthirsty crowds and beyond the boundary. He became known as the Running Man. I would have suggested Racy Lacey, but never mind. And the Running Man pub in Pelham Lane was named after him. However, the people of Halifax have long memories and can really hold a grudge. So when Mr. Lacey returned seven years later, he was immediately arrested, dragged to the gibbet and beheaded at last. I told you, don't mess with Halifax. You can't do us wrong and get away with it. We'll chop your head right off. Yeah, yeah, that'll teach you to to stop nicking my stuff, won't it, Dan? The headless ghost of John Lacey has apparently been seen at the Running Man pub, which is convenient. The beloved gibbet was last used in 1650. Sometime in the 1780s, Dr. Joseph Guillotine rocks up in Halifax, looking for something to sort out near the wells in their little French Revolution. He basically nicked the idea of the gibbet, right, and put his name on it. The bloody cheek of it. The first French guillotining was in 1792, 142 years after we'd packed it in. Halifax loves its brutal medieval killing machine so much that in August 1974 a replica of the gibbet was built on where else but Gibbet Street, 
while the original blade, which ended so many lives, can be found at Bankfield Museum. <laughs> or Contental Thor Tuesday to Saturday and Bank Holiday Mondays. Lovely. Time now for some facts, thoughts and musings for my many walks around Halifax. Uh, even though my knees give me grief quite often because I shattered both kneecaps as a boy, I still like to get out and about among the historic town of Halifax. Halifax! 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 If you live in Halifax and don't bank with the Halifax Bank, then you are a traitor. Halifax! Halifax! The 592 bus goes all the way from Halifax to Burnley. Sadly though, it does come back. Halifax, Halifax, the uh, oldest pub in Halifax, uh, built in 1580, is called... It's called... It's called the Old Cock. <laughs> uh, Halifax, Halifax. A recent report in the Halifax Courier shows Halifax to have above average levels of drink-related violence. Halifax, Halifax. Halifax has an alfresco train station with not one, but two platforms. Halifax, Halifax. I mentioned the train station there and the and what with all this talk of crime, it uh, reminds me of a, a time when I was a bit of a bad boy. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, back in my teenage years, I, I fell in with the wrong crowd, a real bunch of rebels. Uh, we'd go down to the station on a Saturday to spot trains, but often they wouldn't let you on the platform if you didn't have a ticket. So what we'd do, right, is sneak past the fence and spot from the bank in near the end of the platform. <laughs> Real adrenaline fueled, living on the edge type stuff. Such thrills defying the man, breaking the safety advisements of the National Rail Service. <laughs> we called ourselves the Cagool Posse. Once we did a graffiti. We'd sit there with our packed lunches, listening to Queen on our portable cassette players and ticking off the trains as they rolled in and then chugged off again. But, of course, the good times had to end. The, the lads, they got hooks and they wanted more. There was, there was talk of spotting at other train stations outside of Halifax. They wanted to go to Bradford Interchange, for God's sake. There's more trains per hour, Cuthbert, they say. It'll be mental. Well, I, I could see it in their eyes. They were addicted. They were in too deep. So all I could do was just walk away. Bittersweet memories. I still see one of them, Graham in the Aldi from time to time. He still wears a cagoule. What a saddle. Now for more on this week's topic, crime and also punishment. On November 10th, 1769, on the mean streets of Halifax, an excise officer called William Dayson was ambushed and shot dead by two farmhands. <laughs> the murder was ordered by a man named Isaac, the brother of David King Hartley, the head of a vast criminal enterprise. 
the likes of which Yorkshire has never seen since. Unless you count drug dealing, which is everywhere. This is the tale of the Cragvale coiners. William Dayton was killed for arresting David King Hartley in Halifax the month before. Hartley was an iron worker by trade, but on the side he led a skilled gang of counterfeiters working from the hilltop farms of Cragvale on the outskirts of Calderdale. Their cunning scheme was to get real gold coins, shave down the edges and then mill them to put the grooves back in. The altered coins were only a tiny bit smaller so no one would notice. With enough shavings they could then melt them down and turn them into fake coins with stamped designs from other countries like France or Spain, which were accepted currency at the time. This criminal enterprise became so successful it threatened to be a disaster for the nation's currency, like Brexit was. When William Dayton was brought in to investigate, he offered a £100 reward for information. One of the coiners, James Brosbent, ratted them out, which led to King Hartley's arrest. After Dayton's murder, authorities brought in a man called Charles Watson Wentworth, who was the Marquis of Rockingham, to hunt the killers and the coiners down. In, in, in case you're wondering, uh, a, a Marquis is, is, is better than an Earl, but uh, it's not as good as a Duke. The Marquis was also a former Prime Minister, and would be again before his death. He didn't mess about, and by Christmas Day he had 30 coiners arrested. David King Hartley was hanged in York in April 1770. His brother Isaac got away and lived until he was 78. The two farmhands, Robert Thomas and Matthew Normanton, were hanged in 1774 and 75 respectively. The story of the coiners has inspired a wonderful book by Ben Myers called The Gallows Pole, as well as a truly awful song called Snip 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 by Chumbawumba. The Plug Plot Riots Watching the people get leery, it's not very pretty I tell thee. Walking through town is quite scary, it's not very sensible either. These opening lines to the Kaiser Chiefs' I Predict a Riot could have been written about the 1842 Plug Plot Riots, but they weren't. In the long hot summer of 1842, people went. Oh, mother! You're ruining my podcast! I was just doing a really clever bit there, comparing a, a modern pop song to an historical event. Did you not see the sign? This one here on the door, it says, Sod off, recording in progress. And I typed it in all capitals, which means shouting. No, that's on Thursdays. And for the hundredth time, not a game, it's the simulator. This week I'm doing Leeds Bradford to Southampton again. It's not a complete waste of time, mother. How am I going to be an airline pilot if I haven't even mastered Microsoft Flight Simulator 2004? Answer me that. Well, yeah, yeah, I know I can't be one to real. Yeah, not with my eyesight. And Fear of birds. 
But to anywhere I enjoy it. Yeah, you used to tell me Dad was an airline pilot, and that's why he was never around. Yes, you did. Yeah, I used to used to daydream all the time about where he was, and which tropical oasis he was visiting. I couldn't, I couldn't wait for him to come back to Halifax and tell me stories about all the sights and the sounds and all the exotic paradises he'd been to, like like Hawaii or Egypt or Skegness. And I believe that for years, until that Christmas, right, yeah, that Christmas you got really drunk, and that, yes you did, and you got really drunk, and you let slip that he was just a gypsy passing through. Oh, sorry, traveller. Are you sure you can't say gypsy nowadays? Are you thinking of gypsy? Oh, that's a bad one. All right, all right, traveller, fine, fine. Anyway, what do you want? You're always hungry. Is it? Is it tea time already? Oh, so, right, sorry, Mother, sorry, I, 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 just, I just lose track of time when I'm doing the podcast. I'll nip, I'll nip to the shop now, get some bits in. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll get you some potato smiley faces, yeah? A whole bag, just for you. All right, good, I'll go in a minute, Mother. Bye. Oh. Yes, the only oasis I travel to is the corner shop. Right. Oh, it's still the car! In the long hot summer of 1842, people went bat poop crazy. Fed up to the brim with poor working conditions in mines, mills and other grubby places, and a recent law to lower wages, people got all riled up and formed Chartism, the first proper working class movement in Britain. A petition was sent to Parliament with over three million signatures, but it was ignored because politicians never changed their stupid minds. This caused the 1842 General Strike, walkouts and mass protests all over Britain. On August 12th, over in Lancashire, 20,000 people went to the mills in Todmorden and the owners were like, fair play, we'll shut them down. The very next day, 15,000 people tried to do the same in Halifax, and the owners here were like, just you try it, we've literally called in the troops. And then things got fighty. The protesters managed to attack the mills and shut down production by pulling the plugs from the boilers to stop the steam that powered them. Hence the plug plot riots. That day, 18 people were arrested. For days, businesses remained closed, while huge groups of wild, angry people roamed the streets. That could be any weekend in Halifax, but on August 16th, 1842, things went mental. The rioters had tried to rescue those arrested who were being escorted by the military at Salter Hebel, but when they couldn't free their mates, they attacked the troops and the reap proper Barney kicked off. The troops sustained serious damage, but when reinforcements arrived, they retaliated with gunfire and sabre charges. I, I, I couldn't find the sound effect for that. Hundreds of men and women were injured, and six men died. A Chartist meeting was held, and everyone was told to just sod in, calm down. After a few more days of unrest, the rioters got tired and went home. After that, the wheels of the Industrial Revolution stopped turning and fell off. 
and Halifax's glory days were over in a spat of anger and senseless violence which is still on us to this day. Halifax! 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 The local football club is called FC Halifax Town and like its name, all the players are backwards. Halifax, Halifax, Halifax is twinned with a town called Aachen in Germany. But they aren't identical twins, because I checked on Google Earth and the layout is completely different. There's, a, there's no Peace Hall, there's no Minster, they don't even have a TGI Fridays. Halifax, Halifax, I buy my shoes from Windsor's World of Shoes. Halifax, Halifax. In a recent survey conducted by myself, it has been revealed that the most popular pastimes in Halifax are rugby, drinking, karaoke, racism, and making fun of people doing surveys. Halifax, Halifax. The RSPCA in Halifax has at least 50 dogs in shelter at any one time. I'd love a dog, but but mother wouldn't let me have it in the house. She thinks all animals are possessed by the devil. <sighs> Halifax, 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 In November 1938, vigilante gangs roamed the streets of Halifax, beating up anyone they thought could be the Halifax Slasher, a serial attacker that had been preying on the women of the town. It started when two women reported being attacked by a man with a mallet and bright buckles on his shoes. In the following days, several more reports came in of a similar man wielding a knife or a razor. There was widespread panic and the Halifax police were so useless that Scotland Yard was brought in to investigate. Upon questioning, a male victim, Percy Waddington, admitted he had inflicted the damage on himself. The other victims all soon confessed that they too had cut themselves up in a weird incident of mass hysteria. There never was a Halifax slasher. This was before most people could afford a telly. Right, time now to end the podcast by celebrating the life of a famous person from Halifax, or Famous Haligonian! This week's Famous Haligonian is John Christie. Question. How many women did Halifax-born serial killer John Christie Strangled to death between 1943 and 1953. Answer. At least eight. John Reginald Halliday Christie was born in Halifax in 1899. After serving in the army during the First World War, he married a woman, Ethel, in 1920. In 1937, the couple moved to Notting Hill, London, and thankfully, Christie did all his murders there. 
In March 1953, Christie moved out of his flat at 10 Rillington Place, and he foolishly left three bodies in an alcove in the kitchen, two buried in the garden, and his wife's body under the floor of the front room. Imagine that. Living with a woman for years, and then one day just snapping, and the next thing you know, she's under the floorboards. No, she wouldn't fit. <clears throat> that year, Christie was arrested, convicted, and hanged by the neck until he was dead. Authorities originally blamed two of Christie's murders on Timothy Evans, the husband and father of two of the victims. When Christie was caught, they'd realised they'd got it wrong, but it was too late because they'd hung Evans in 1950. Famous Haligonian! Right, that's about it for this week's episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this look at the darker side of Halifax's history. Um, not quite sure when the next episode will be ready, but uh, I'm planning on updating it on a Tuesday. So keep an eye out on a Tuesday to see if there's a new episode up. Um, please let me know what you think about the podcast. Uh, send me an email uh, at... Cuthbert Spittles at AOL.com. I mentioned before the web gubbins. I'm, I'm on Twitter.com as well. So you can find me at at symbol Halifax Halifact with no S on the end. And you can listen for free through the podcasts at the website http colon forward slash forward slash www dot halifax halli hyphen fax dot online uh, and there's links there to iTunes as well um, so yes right done now stop recording <laughs>